0: salutations, and regards. This, my third podcast, is not really like most podcasts. Like its author, this has a lot of moving parts. Imagine, if you will, an alien artifact, a debris field with lots of poetical nooks and crannies, This is a self-recursive examination of the nonlinear relationships of those most curious creatures, humans. Don't try to listen to it all at once. Pause if you must and go back and examine some of the pieces. Just lean back a bit. Initial contact, the first movement. Perhaps everything a writer writes is autobiographic, if you really think about it. But once written, everything takes on a life of its own, running higgledy-piggledy into the distance. How strange. How very like an alien playground. Somewhere in the wilds of the northwestern part of the southeast, on a very dark and stormy night, an alien artifact appeared, and they made it into a podcast, into sort of game show with Let's all give a really big hand to our new contest winner, Baran. Show him what's behind the curtain, Arista. And all expenses paid excursion to the Alien Playground. That's right, you'll be spending 40 days and nights inside the dome of the most baffling artifact ever discovered, and we have no idea what it is, how it got there, or how long it's going to stay. The local scientists assure us that there is no reason to believe that this site is related to the proximity of nuclear power plants, geological fault lines, or experiments conducted by local universities. The scientists came from every corner of the world. It was the biggest new thing since the plague, and to a person, they were disappointed. Finally, citing the lack of any real progress and the need of all academics to publish verifiable results, the world's top scientists have abandoned the site, leaving it for the rest of us to figure out. And there's more. All this really spiffy equipment. Just look at the gauges and dials. Follow the directions. You can even read the manuals. Hours of great fun. And as if that wasn't enough, a new truck built to carry it all. The question. And I wonder. Who or what lives behind my eyes? What is the name of this nameless thing that rises unbidden in me? compact. Arista sighs. She opens the lipstick many shades too red. She makes deals with God while pulling up her hose and smooths the silk skirt. She tries one more time to excite her hair. In her mind, her sister and a man dance on the porch in the warm and clement summer night. She offers anything in exchange for what she thinks they had. At home with strange dreams. Try as I might to set my hand against the sky. I could not stop the sun. I could not hold back the darkness. Silent, the gathering dusk flows into the room, pooling on the floor, flowing beneath and around the familiar furniture, filling all the nooks. Silent, in a silent house, relenting at length, Buzzing along the edges, I relinquish the day. The scrunched pillow, the flowered Celtic throw knitted by mom, I reach into the cool dark water and draw a handful into my mouth. At length, the night air opens. The bow of my dream ship slices through the hours in search of dawn. Strange dream angels come softly across the lake. Lights in their eyes dance like tiny fires upon the water. A breeze breaks the reflection into a field of rubies. Night follows day. Day follows night. I am dreaming. Or am I waking? I am screaming through the night at the speed of sound, lost somewhere between the earth and sky in a dream of steel and glass. Across a sky the color of dark thoughts, the clouds water-colored in hues of pewter and white, city lights sparkling like diamonds turned on black velvet. I am falling. I am swimming with with fishes. Fishes in hobnail boots stomping the cobblestones in the harbor mist gasping cursing their foul luck at being born fish. The whirling ebb of the tidal dream waters carries many things onto the sand leaving them like offerings, leaving them like verses. A shell incomplete and broken in places. A piece of coral Fragment of leaf, a bottle without a note. Driftwood rubbed smooth by the hands of tide and time. Seaweed flecked with foam, rocks and sand. Streams of light pierce the draperies. Is it morning already? Drowsy repose. Let me bask in clean flannel sheets. Delicious warm pleasures on rainy dark nights. Sleep, O oh, blessed sleep, come take me in your velvet arms. Fuzz my eyes, zephyr my breath, dance with me. Sleep greets me, she's gently poised. Encouraging my heavy eyes to fade into watercolor vistas. Effortlessly sanguine and enticing, she draws me into her secluded milieu. Into her open arms and demure smile, into our spiritual embrace, we dance to the music of metamystical intimacy. The Color of Dreams Do you remember your dreams? Alien landscapes, strange skylines. Everyone has them. We have scientific evidence and who can argue with that? I wonder why we don't remember dreams. Think about it. In this dangerous world, crawling with things sporting big teeth and nasty claws and hungry guts, we close our eyes every night to dream. And then we throw the dreams away. Anyway, there are all kinds of dreams. Running, falling, flying. Some dreams are just recreational. But the really serious dreams, the technicolor dreams, real as real life are called lucid dreams. Lucid dreams are filled with the strangest things, metamystical creatures of infinite size and shape and dimension. These dreams are close as we can come to real magic. If you can get a grip on a lucid dream, you can do anything you want with it. Think about that. Anything. Worth remembering? Perhaps. Maybe on those nights when you sleep the deep, deep sleep. Maybe you're not really there in the bed at all. Maybe you're somewhere else, a metamystic dancer, a partner to someone else's dreams. Next time it snows all night, look for footprints outside your window. Amber Moments Nightfall, Thursday, February 24, 1994 I am standing in an orchard in the middle of a very deep winter's night. The trees are naked and ebon black. The jet velvet sky is teeming with billions of stars. I am falling into that sky. I am falling, I hate this. There's something I'm trying to remember. There's something, there's something I always do. Oh, what is it, what? Oh yeah, relax, what? Relax. It's what I do when this kind of dream happens. I relax. I am standing on a rock in the middle of a turbulent river, and downstream I see my dad walking toward me against the current. There's something following him in the river. There's a huge shark with a broken tail coming up behind him. I shout him, but he doesn't hear me. I'm saying in my head, Don't panic, Dad. Just move slowly to the shore. He sees the shark and he turns into a seal. No! Damn it, Dad, not a seal! They love seals! Get out of the water, Dad! Get out! Relax. Relax. Find the center. I relax. I sit up. And there's this little voice in the back of my head saying, Good morning. I wonder what they're doing today. How are they filling in all those empty spaces? Well, I'm coloring outside the lines, I mumble, while nuking a bowl of great nuts. Initial contact. In this dream... I am a clown by profession. I make tense situations easier for people, you know, like the court jesters used to do. Situations like learning biomedical engineering, differential equations applied to electronics, you know, the usual clown stuff. I turn my beat up 84 Buick at the intersection and try not to look at the white cross that the police have painted on the street. I look anyway. This guy was in an accident. He was fine. Got out of his car, checked on the lady that hit him, and he was cleaning up some of the debris. He was bent over picking up the wreckage, and the driver of the third car says she didn't even see him. He was pronounced dead on the spot. I get out of my car and head for the tent. All I wanted was to get to my office, not endure another object lesson on the transient nature of life. And this little voice in my head says, Are you angry? And I say, Yes. Dancing the real slow dance. House lights down, pin spot up, I take the stage, ta-da! I make hand shadows in the sawdust, saying things like, the electrical signal we measure as a result of charged bodies migrating across the membrane barrier, and stuff like that. Suddenly, there is a light, up in the back row. A light has come on over that girl's head. She understands. She is whispering to the guy next to her. His light sputters into existence. It's spreading. A river of candles in darkness. I bask. It isn't the light of a solar flare or a holy conflagration. It is the simple light of human understanding. It is enough. The little voice considers for a moment, then asks, This pleases you. Why? I answer, This is the real slow dance. It is the only dance that matters. It is not enough, but it's the only thing my speaking brain can offer. The leech. The dance done for the day, and I go to my office. And the leech is there, with his no surprise. I slap it on the head, and it hisses. Give me your time, it commands. Get your own, I snarl back and leech-speak. Why do you hate me? I only want to exist. I don't want all of your blood, just enough. Get a life. I wish I still smoked. They say if you stick a lit cigarette on the heads, they'll fall off. And the voice in my head says, I don't even know how to respond to that. And I reply, Live in a swamp. You got to pick up a few leeches. A day's energy spent. I light a candle, pour some red wine. My mother-in-law says it's good for the cholesterol. It's something to do with the flavonoids. I lean back in the sofa... My wife moves around the room to a place near me. Tough day, she asks. I nod. I understand, she says. I can see them in her eyes again. Those tiny little lights behind her eyes. Soft, warm, chocolate amber lights. She does comprehend. I am a very lucky person. End of initial contact. First movement. Reflections, the second movement. Illumine Muno. To understand this world, you must realize that there are things that you are not seeing. Things that are not separate and distinct, but hidden. Things that are the underlying foundation without which this world would not exist. Not two things, not separate, but as one and the same. Right here, right now. Dawn of the Rooksayer. Clement, the azure autumn sky crackles, crisp, laser sharp, an undulating cyan reflection upon the gentle silken twisting waters of this lake. The humanoid shaped geode figure, half in, half out of the water, lurches, gingerly at first, but with greater urgency as the sun ascends. Sparkling granite shot through with flecks of mica, shudders, clefts, ruptures, the geode falls away. Rising from the crust of the now inert chrysalis, a pink, fresh, warm human detaches himself from the bed of amethyst crystals. The Tyree, appointed watcher, gliding on the water, rises, assumes a position hovering just over the left shoulder of the new mortal. Hello, Bill. How shall we balance the day? I look around. Where is everyone? It says, already up. I work some of the swiftly fogging crystals loose and shove them into my pocket, hoping to hold a few of the dream sequences. Then I stand, humbled by the colors of the day. I turn first regarding the discarded husks of so many other awakenings. Then I look at the rim of the plateau. Looking to the place in the sky where the sun moves, I start up the hill. By your fears. By your fears, the merchants will bind you, for there is nothing less profitable than a human freed from fear. By your sex, the merchants will bind you, for the lust of life cannot be suppressed, so they twist it till no human feels free from guilt. By your hunger thirst, desire, hopes, dreams, yearnings. In these and many other ways, the merchants will bind you. They will watch you in your bathroom. They will whisper in your moments of grief. They will silently laugh and mock you as they count the cash under the bar. So what is there left but the open hand? Release the nonsense. Night Train, circa 1904. The wind howls through the icy rafters in the night station. Rimey snow demons whipped into being, twisting through the undulating masses. Pause. The demons know that I can see them, and that bothers them. Suddenly, the high, banshee scream of the steel and steam behemoth, sonic lightning galvanizing the thousands, prompting the unwilling into whispered goodbyes. Unseen. Forgotten in the bedlam of the moment, I open a crack in the world and step on board the train. Drinking in the warm, honey-hued light of the car, the man smiling in the glit-framed ebon window is me. Window in the Twilight. Stained glass, shafts of light, coin of sun. Handheld rainbow. In the distance, we can hear a train whistle. I watched you from this window. Watched the four winds gather in your wake. I watched the blue velvet night cascading down from the skyline while everything in my heart spilt over this window seal. I watched your back receding. Statues turned, marking your passage. celtic throw she was standing outside the back door shivering eyes so shiny i couldn't tell if she was crying or just cold blushing cheeks runny nose at least she had her gloves on and she's smiling i tried to appear stern which only makes her laugh and it has been a long long time since she laughed. laughter light and bright as the fresh fallen snow under a morning sky gone cyan Blue skies after a month of fog and rain and dreary. Wonder is born under such skies. She says, I have walked this night dry, walked so many nights, and yet dawn always comes as a surprise. She looks to the woods, and there is a longing in her posture. She says, the birds, they always get it first. I'm out there in the dark, running into trees. And one of them sees the first photon of light, and they go raving crazy. They are a rioting total ruckus. Is that even a word? I say, well, it is now. She says, the first times I heard birds do that, I was scared something was wrong. But now I know they're all just glad to have lived through the night. They get so excited. I go back into the house and retrieve her favorite Celtic blanket, throw. She hasn't moved when I return. I drape it across her shoulders. She leans into its warmth. She turns to me and that smile is worth a thousand endless nights. She says, And ever so gradually, the perfect symmetry of a starless night cleaves, dividing itself into things. Shadows become objects in the mist. Moments before I could only find things by touch, but with the coming light, and she leans into me, and she says, thank you. I say, for what? She says, for loving me enough to stand here in the snow in your house slippers, and for loving me by not telling me what to do. I look out. Even in this world of white death, the hope under the snow sings to me. She showers her Celtic throat. window seat and there's this woman and he kept telling her look i'm sorry about your skirt i'll buy you a new one when we get back so i'm sitting there i pretend not to spy turning instead to the bleeding sun's reflection on the sea avengement when you knock the man down steal his coat and then laugh go ahead Put the coat on. That's right. Now zip up. There. Comfy? After all, you need shelter from the cold. Let him freeze. What's that? Sure. Put your hands in the pockets. My God, you didn't notice? Of course, those really aren't zippers on the pockets. Those are teeth. I know. But if you struggle, there'll just be more. Oh, look. There's the family pictures he carried over his heart. Oh, and they're on fire. Well, smoldering, really. No, no, I'm wrong. They're sling. Burning the place where your heart should have been. What's that? I can't hear you. Oh, the collar. Yes, it looks very tight. Well, if it continues to constrict, all color will probably fade to the world and, and then comes the darkness. Three of thorns. You draw the seven of rainbows. That smile. I hate that smile. I draw the four of flames, you wink. You pitch the nine of wheels, completely nonchalant. I trump your hand with the three of thorns. Angel. The mother said, oh doctor, my doctor, may I see my son? The doctor says, he is safe, he is sound. But doctor, oh doctor, why do you look so? Is this something you're not telling me? Something I should know? This child was born with his eyes wide open. And the strangest of things, he was born with wings. With wings? Oh God, what have I done that you should curse me with a deformed son? The doctor says, the child is still healthy. The child will grow. And maybe with time, maybe with care, we can cut off the wings that have happened there. But the wings are not the things that cause my woe, it's his eyes. They are ancient, yet innocent. And so Angel was born to parents of earth, alike except for his wings and his eyes. His eyes would not let him sleep the blind sleep of so many. And though his eyes were closed, the world would seep into him. And when the rains came, he was aware of each raindrop, aware of the coldness of each snowflake. He found that wings are clumsy things. At the age of two, he discovered the blue, his mother called the sky. He flapped his wings and knocked over things in an instinctive urge to fly. Beside his father at age of seven, awkward he strode, but frail and light, the child of heaven was outfitted for flight. But dad, I can fly, just watch. Son, settle down, said the father with a round. You must learn to walk like a man. And so the child of flight learned to walk as men do, but he did it so badly. In the playgrounds of knowledge they laughed, they jeered. At first it made Angel smile. They wanted him to dance, they wanted him to sing. Around him a ring they formed. They chanted and punched, and when he tired they pushed him and pushed him. They thought it was so funny to see him cry, to see him cringe because he was different. So quivering and hurt, he stumbled home, shaking and whimpering to himself. They followed him, laughing at his frailness, until at last he spread his wings and flew. End of Reflections, the Second Movement. Transcendence, the Third Movement. The Need. Perhaps the most profound need is the need for a future, for a purpose. People with purpose seem to survive. It's as simple as that. This is the lesson of becoming. On Escher and becoming, the weathered calloused hand, becoming a yellow number two pencil tooth marks near the eraser, becoming scratch patches on the textured paper, areas of light and dark, twisting and becoming graphite dragons with just a hint of leer in their sparkling eyes, becoming a marching horde across the littered desktop, each with one last enigmatic look before becoming interlocking sectors of light and dark, becoming a yellow number two pencil, tooth marks near the eraser becoming a younger hand. Slideshow of what she became. In this slide, we see her wrapped around an ashtray. We speculate that she is deriving some kind of nourishment from the decaying remains. Next slide, please. Yes, notice the bizarre growth just medial of the transverse section. Very vascular. And all those spiny quills. God, that looks uncomfortable next oh yeah here she's beaten eaten by a chair can't really tell if she's resisting a phone calling whatever became of you your voice wrapped around my name digital staccato coming down the wire it twines in the branches outside the window A bitter and sensual spirit now gnarled and dark. I remember pulling your ass from your burning wreckage of your so-called life. I remember sitting up all night drinking beer in your Z in the driveway so you wouldn't drive and kill someone. I remember being rhymed with debris cut in a thousand places sweat in my eyes and I loved it. It was such a small price to pay for friendship. A handful of echoes wrapped around the moment. A digital staccato coming down the wire. Jeff's son. He was in the dining room, huddled in the corner. I knocked a bit of paper from the table crossing over to him. Picking it up, I found a list of things, his things. Scrawled in his unintelligible script, Things he wanted to give me. Everything he had. He wanted me to have everything. I lifted my eyes and he was trying, not crying. Hey, Pap, what's this? He said, I want you to have it. I want you to have it all. Pap, I don't want your stuff. He said, you don't need me, you know. You haven't for the longest time. And I'm afraid, so afraid. I'm scared you'll forget to feed me. Scared I'll wander off and get lost and never found again. I have always wondered what I would do if I got crippled. But now I fear losing my mind the most. What will become of me? The other. In some stories, the other has your face, wears your clothes, knows the back of your hand. The other returns when you leave, lingers where you're not, uses the other set of keys to open the doors you'd leave locked. The other sleeps on the ground when you're warm in your bed, laughs in big puffy clouds in the woods soft as snow, is chased by wild dogs through a nightmare landscape, and the other loves it. Seven Symmetry Spend the Tsunami You're posing again. Equal parts of napalm and lightning bolt sizzle. My god, you're touching my face. Fire and ice. The uncomfortable way your eyes snap away from me whenever we meet. The embarrassed turning away in the elevator. An empty room just sounds funny. Not really real. Just hollow. Atomic fireball in your head. More electric than fire. Silence until you scream. And it really did sound like one of those old black and white movies squawking and hooting like the daft jungle birds going ak, wooga 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 And she said, No, and you should be slapped for even thinking such a thing. My God, for just a moment there, I thought I was actually The Wind. I don't know where it comes from or where it goes. I only know that I hold it for the merest fraction of an instant, and it's gone. Hold to that moment, that moment of silence in the bedlam. Autumn's Zephyr. The leaves are wind-swept whirlpools of tattered rags, hiss whispering in winter's voice. Even the fool knows that spring cannot be far winsome the cat naps cozy to the hiss flickering of the fire dark as night leaf shadows dance toward dawn the jade green eyes ask of no one in particular what is the nature of man i asked in return what is the nature of a falling leaf what is the nature of rain and thunder and lightning the wind whispered an answer a whisper in a hurricane The Song of Moran. And there was in the autumn air the sure and certain sound of heaven, clear, crisp, and bright. Starting with tiny harps, the faintest zephyr of a sound, gentle echoes, silvered motes rotating in the sun, always just out of reach, coming from everything, everything living and dead. And I realize that sound is always there. If you have the courage to stop, to listen, and then will come the voices, deep and rich, high and sweet. Voices that transcend all pain and sorrow. Crescendos of voice, crashing on and all around me. Weaving back and forth and to and fro, ebbing only to flow. Then there was, within the light, a sound, and, and, and that's all I remember. So there you have it. Alien Programs. This was the podcast. A lot of moving parts. A show. A self-recursive examination of the nonlinear relationships of those most curious creatures, humans. A Westering Sun. The dreams of an old man. My ear battered and sluggish. I reach and it nestles into my hand. I offer, you are looking a bit worn, old friend. It says, How was the day's energy spent? The speaking mechanism is breaking down. I say, we won some. We lost a few. On the whole, I'd say I made a difference.
1: Can I ask for
0: more? One last flicker and my tire passes. With weathered hands, I remove the seed pack from its belly and discard the remains. I place the seeds in the stream, under a rock where they will prosper through the night. My hands do not warm after I pull them from the water. I rummage in my pocket and pull out one of the dream crystals so treasured earlier in the day. Now it's hopelessly clouded. I throw it into the stream. I find the sonic drill. Search the whole side for another deposit. Yes, there, right there. I find the geode vein. I painstakingly carve the humanoid geode figure. With failing strength, I wrestle the inanimate form into the stream. I lift the instruments and place the stimulators. The work done toward midnight, I build a fire. Wrap the rags of the day around me. Yes, on balance, a good day. for me